You're listening to the Sunday morning service from Harvest Bible Church. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Butler. To learn more about us, please visit harvestbibleonline.org. Well, we're so glad you're here. Praise God. Turn to your neighbor, either on the right hand or left, one that looks the most friendly, and say, hey, guess what? Jesus is alive. Amen. And those of you, you can tell your kids, you can tell each other, or if you're watching by yourself, just tell yourself, guess what? He's alive. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. We are so blessed that you're here. Hopefully, you're going to have a wonderful Easter. We know your kids are having a great time over there. They're going to be blessed. Amen. Uh, We are going to receive this morning's tithes and offerings is what we do right now. We honor the Lord with our giving. I mean, I just want to thank all of you for being such wonderful givers. Thank you for believing in Harvest Bible Church. God has just done supernatural things through you. And uh, thank you for doing what you're doing. If you need an envelope, they're right there in the seat pockets in front of you. If you're uh, tech savvy, you can, or if you've got it already set up as far as the text giving, you can do that. Those of you that are watching online, you guys know how to do all that. And, and thank you. You know, praise God, in the midst of all this, God has met and supplied all of our needs, and uh, he's just been amazing, amazing, amazing. He has. He's just been so wonderful, and we've been so blessed in it. So we want to thank you for that. I praise God for his amazing grace, his goodness. He just, he just amazes me all the time about what he's doing. Amen? So let's pray over this offering. We're not going to take a long time. We're going to pray. Father... In the name of Jesus, we just thank you for the privilege we have to bring our tithes and our offerings. Father, and for those that are watching as they sow, Father, but we can give unto you, we can honor you and love you and praise you because you're the one that's blessed our lives. And you're the one that established giving and sowing. And Father, you're the one that has told us that if we bring our tithes and offerings to you, that you would open the windows of heaven. You also said that you would cause all grace to abound toward us. You also said that it would just begin to come and overtake us, Father, that you would do exceeding abundantly above all that we could even ask or think. But Lord, we don't ever give to get. We give because we honor you. We give because we love you. We thank you that we could never outgive you. You loved us first so we could love you back. You gave your son so that that we can give back unto you. So Father, now as each person purposes in their heart to give, so let them give, Father. And we just thank you for it now. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Ushers, go ahead. Let's wait on the people there. <clears throat> Excuse me. I get to give you the announcement this, this morning because there really isn't any announcement except for one. Uh, and then I want to praise our people and say thank you, thank you, thank you for all of the folks that helped on Friday. But I'm going to give you the first announcement because then I'm going to brag on them. If you didn't know what we did on Friday, I'll let you know about that. But anyways, uh, there's going to be some people standing in the back, back there by... Uh, one of the the uh, long uh, stand that's back there in our uh, foyer and stuff because they've got some letters and stuff that you can write to our senators. I'm going to be a little bit political. You know, people have asked and things. They say, well, you know, we shouldn't get involved, or we should, but we have to get involved. We didn't pick the fight, okay? They're picking the fight. They're coming against us. It's called the Equality Act. There's nothing equal about it. Uh, it's simply a, something that's treacherous. It just gives them the opportunity to come in and shut churches down if you've studied the law and if you looked at what it does. And it gives them the right to tell us what we can and cannot say, which we're not going to go by, uh, uh, and uh, which we haven't gone by, you know. 
there's such division in the body of Christ, you know, what goes on, what's been said, and what's been transpired as far as who's on the which side. But you have to understand, we didn't pick the fight they did. We were just minding our own business. We were having a good time at church. They're the ones that said we had to shut down. They're the ones that said you have to do that. They're the ones that said you had to com- you know, comply to this or do this. We were just having church. And so, but we had to do what God says do. You know, that's the thing about it. We're not trying to come against anything. We're not coming against anybody. We're just saying, hey, we want to have church. We want to worship God freely. We want to do what we want to do. We're not afraid. And that's what they want to come against. So anyways, we have two senators that we need to send things in. They've made it really easy for you. There, there's actually a letter out there. All you got to do is sign it. It's already pre-done. There's already envelopes that are already pre-done. And if you can't afford the 55 cents for the stamp, they'll even give you a stamp. Okay? Praise God. They want to make it easy. And the reason being is because we don't know. Say, well, was it going to do any good? We don't know. But at least if we do it, we get to complain. Okay? That's why we vote, even though it, doesn't, it didn't seem like it did anything, but we at least get to come vote because we get to complain. So we don't want to complain, no. But I want to share that with you because it's something very important. They go by numbers, and believe it or not, they look at one letter coming into them representing 10,000 people. So if you want to be proud and say, hey, I think I'm going to represent 10, then just sign the letter, okay? And do it. And we're not telling you have to, you don't have to, but we'd love for you to do that. And we're going to do our part. Uh, you know, no matter if the law gets passed or not, we're not going to comply to it, okay? Uh, because we can't, you know, you can't say I can't comply to sin. See, I'm sorry. That's people. Well, we got to just get along. No, I can't just get along. Everybody at Noah's day wanted to get along. Nobody wanted to get in the boat. I'm glad I get in the boat. You know, Noah went into the boat a minority, but he came out a majority. Okay. The thing about it is you need to understand what's transpiring, what's taking place in the body of Christ. And then you also need to know who's in authority. You're an authority. If you're the church, if you're born again and you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are the highest authority in the earth. Okay, you need to understand that spiritually you are the highest authority in the earth. We know there's natural laws and those things there, but God is greater than all of those things. Okay, we're not calling for mutiny. We're not going. All we are is calling for Christians to be Christians. Amen. Hallelujah. And so I'm about to turn loose and preach to you here in just a moment. But I want to brag. We did a journey to the cross on Friday. We did. It was it was amazing. It really was. If you were here, it was a real blessing. We had 200 people go through it. And uh, we just because we were wanting to go check everybody else's out, but we didn't have time to stop. And uh, so what it was, it was 13 stations to the cross. And so we did uh, all of these, actually 12 stations to the cross, and there was a 13th one that we did. But we have some amazing actors in Harvest Bible Church. We had uh, almost 40 people dress up in character, Roman soldiers, and we tax collectors, and, you know, Mary who broke the perfume bottle, and uh, all of these people, and then people that were washing people's feet, and then we had a whole bunch of group at the, at the Passover, uh, you know, the supper that was there, and the Last Supper uh, going on, just like the communion that was here, and then we, you know, it was amazing what, uh, uh, you know, when you put, when you put, you know, costumes on people, boy, they just change. <laughs> Man, we had some we had some really rowdy Roman soldiers got a little bright. I mean, they thought they were in charge. I had to let them know, wait a minute, time out. You're just, this is a character, you know. And then we had a great person who would meet you at the gate, and they would step over off of the cobblestone road, and they'd say, hey, this is Harvest Bible Church 2021. Then they'd step back and go, hey, guess what? This is Jerusalem 33 AD. Let me just tell you what happened. 
And that was so cool. And I mean, she just did an amazing job. And so did everybody else. I, I just want to brag. And the wonderful thing about it is that every person that came through, believe it or not, they went through the prayer garden and Tracy and, and Janine did the prayer. And it was a beautiful, I mean, it was just fantastic. And Janine led everybody through the sinner's prayer, all 200 people. So we don't know exactly, but it was just, they did it so preciously and so sweet that everybody just joined in. It was so sweet. They were amazing. But it was just neat to see, because see, I was doing Station Eleven. I was a Roman soldier, the guy that put the, the spear with the sponge, and I got to dip it in the vinegar. And if you know, my wife did that on purpose for me. Me and vinegar, we do not mix. Literally, if I smell vinegar, I throw up. Period. So the good thing about it is I had a six-foot spear, and I could go like this and go like this, and it never once came to my nose. It was a good thing. So anyways, but she made me do that for three hours. So, but, so, but, we had a, but I was station 11, so by the time everybody came to me, it was so neat to see how they were moved and how we would talk, and I asked them and talked to them, and it was so wonderful. And so I just want to say thank you for all of you, because it actually it was all of you that did it. You know, we had our wonderful lady at the donkey, and we had the real donkey. She got the real donkey. It had its uh, support goats with it, but that was okay. Um, hey, listen, in today's day and age, everybody needs support. We got support dogs. We got support cats. We got, the, you know, so this, I mean, the donkey had to have support goats and they, so he could handle being in the bin. It's just, I mean, it's, that's the way our society is. Everybody needs some support. It's, it's crazy, but that's just the way it goes. So, so we had to pay for the goats too. But, but it was a really cool, cool thing. And, uh, and I really want to say thank you, thank you. What? Oh, the food was fantastic too. I mean, you know, but I already said that. You know, anyways, great. We actually, you know, we had street tacos uh, and we had steak street tacos. And, uh, you know, we kept giving away. They did really good. You know, Pat and Juanita did good. They did. They did. You know, and uh, it, it was my wife's late night, late thing. Hey, I think we should feed everybody. I'm like, we don't want to feed anybody. What are we talking about? Cost money. But she decided. <laughs> But it turned out really, really well. It turned out really, really, it did, it did. It turned out fantastic. That was actually station 13. They got to make their necklaces, plus they get to eat street tacos. So next year, depending upon where we're at, because those of you that don't know, we are looking to move or looking to expand, and we're looking for our own building, so it's really a blessing. But, uh, and we don't know exactly what that's going to entail, but we're thanking God for that, that we're going to have uh, Jerusalem street tacos next year, because it was such a big hit. So <clears throat> it was good stuff. Amen. It, it was. It was. It was a really a lot of fun. You know, we have all of our own complete costumes to do a complete production of just about anything. So, but it's really cool. So, thank you. I wanted to tell you that it was just a really, really tremendous blessing. You guys make us look so good. Amen. Hey, if if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Luke's Gospel, the twenty fourth chapter, and. Uh, I just want to share from my heart here. The good thing about it is, is that uh, all the junior high, you guys can take off and go help them hide eggs, okay? Or go do whatever you're going to do. Amen. Hallelujah there. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. So in 30 minutes, I'm going to get you out of here, and I'm going to just preach my heart out. So you guys ready? Got to hang on. First service, we just, we just took off, and so we're going to do it this service too. <clears throat> and we're going to allow God to be God. This is not going to be your typical old-fashioned Easter message. It's not. Uh, so I got to let you know that so you don't get scared. 
I actually had to apologize for the first one. I said, was I yelling to it? Did that look like I was yelling at you? I don't want to yell at you. I don't want to, but I do want to exhort you. I want to get you to get and, and take hold of it, you know, and, and grab a hold of the truths of the word of God. Do you know, you know, between Friday and Sunday, there was a Saturday when Jesus was there. And you know, when that Saturday, when Jesus was taken off the cross on Friday night at six, and of course that's what Passover, that's what it is from six o'clock Friday evening all the way to six o'clock Saturday evening is, is what they can, their day. So that's their Passover day. Anyways, it seemed like God was silent, but you know, when, whenever God is silent, he's never absent. He's always working. Which simply means, what was Jesus doing? That's when Jesus was, you know, going down, defeating the devil and taking the keys of death, hell, and the grave for you and I. He was paying the price for you and I on that day when it seemed like God was silent. God was only silent because he was working in the spiritual realm, getting ready, hallelujah, for the resurrection and getting ready for opening the tomb and getting ready for Jesus to be ascended and getting ready to raise us up with him. Amen? And so many times when it seems like God is silent in us, just like we had last year, all of 2020, it seemed like God was silent, even though there was all kinds of noise. People were trying to prophesy all kinds of things. It seems like nothing was coming to pass what they were saying and what was taking place. And it seemed like God was silent, but he was getting ready, getting ready to do what he's about to do this year and to do what he's about to do right now. And he's preparing the church. That's you and I. Amen. He's doing some things. So look at here. I want to read this to you because this is where we're at today. You know, this is my 41st Easter sermon. I've been in the ministry 41 years. I'll, I'll complete 42 in, in, at the end of May. But, uh, but you know, I didn't, you know, when I started, Easter was already over. So, you know, it's only 41. But it's my 41st time to get up and teach on the subject of Easter or teach on uh, what's going on here. And I never, never, never get tired of it. I never get tired of reading the word of God, never get tired of listening to the story, just like I never get tired of taking communion. I never get tired of fellowshipping with God. I don't know why, but I just never do because he's so life-giving. Hallelujah. Let's read. But very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As as they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them in clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and that he would rise again on the third day. Now, thank God for the ladies, because they remember things, but you'll find out about the guys. They didn't remember nothing. But we're gonna, Now, let's keep reading. Then they remembered that he had said this. So they rushed back from the tomb to tell the 11 disciples. And everyone else, what had happened? It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and Mary, the mother of James, and several other women who told the apostles what had happened. But now look at verse 11. These are wonderful apostles. But the story sounded like nonsense to the men. Sorry, guys. It just puts us down all the time. It, says, but it sounded like nonsense. In the, in, the, in the King James Version, it says, it seemed like an idle tale. That it was just a tale. Yeah, that's, you know, you're just, and it seemed like nonsense to the men. So they didn't believe it. 
Aren't you glad that we got a little smart? We believe it now. It says, however, Peter jumped up and he ran to the tomb to look stooping. He peered in and saw the empty linen wrappings. Then he went home again, wondering what had happened. You do realize that when Jesus told them, he told the 11 disciples. When he said, listen, I got to die. I'm going to be given over to sinful men. I'm going to rise on the third day. Amen. And the 11 disciples did not believe him. They thought it was nonsense. They thought it was like, how many times you go out and share the gospel? You want to share about the resurrection? You want to share about how awesome it is? See, because Christianity is based upon the resurrection. It's based upon Jesus being raised from the dead. That's what we base everything on. You know, every religion has similarities all the way down until the very last thing where it says, our Lord and Savior rose from the dead. And that ends all things because nobody else's did. Amen? That's what makes Christianity different than every other religion of the world. is because we serve a risen Savior. We're not looking. They said, said, why are you looking for the living among the dead? He's alive. He's risen. He's alive. Amen? If Jesus pulled off the resurrection, glory to God, he's going to pull off coming back. Okay? He's going to pull off coming back. Amen? But what did the resurrection mean to us? What did the resurrection bring to us? What does it bring to I want to give you four things. And you just, I'm not going to give them to you just right now, but I'm going to give them to you as we go along here. But I'm going to give you four things that the resurrection brings. What does it bring? What does the power of the resurrection bring to us? And then to understand it. I have never understood why people don't take hold of how awesome this salvation is. You know, it seems that people have to get, go through life, get all messed up, have a, you know, their life all and then pretty soon they just cry out to God in desperation, and then God loves them, forgives them, and then they're like, man, I wish I'd have got a hold of this a whole lot earlier, but they seem that they have to do this, and then those that just make Jesus their Savior, they don't know how to make him their Lord, and they don't know how to receive or walk in the blessing and the benefit of what resurrection life comes from. Amen. We see all the... Paul said it like this in Philippians chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. He said this. He said, I don't want to be found having my own righteousness, but I want to be found having his righteousness. Verse 10 says that I may know him in the power of his resurrection so that I might be raised up in the resurrection. Amen? He said, I want to know him in the power of his resurrection. I want to know him. So you know what? I'm like the apostle Paul. I want to know the power of the resurrection of the Lord. But what does it do in my life? Amen. We look at this and we see this. We go, hey, how, how do we handle this? But I don't want to have my own right. I want to have his. I want to. Romans chapter 6 and verse 4 says, Therefore we are buried with him through the baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should also walk in newness of life. Newness of life. We need to put on Christ. Hallelujah. But he's given us some things. You know, the very first thing that he gives you, the very first thing that the power of the resurrection, the very first thing that resurrection brings to us, it brings life for death. It brings life for death. You get translated out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of his dear son. You go from death to life. First John says this. It says, we know that we've passed from death to life. Why? Because we love the brethren. Amen. See, we talk about like going from death to life. I mean, glory to God, we were dead in Christ, and now we're alive in him. We have resurrection life. We have eternal life right now. Everybody's going around trying to find life, trying to find themselves, or trying to make themselves happy, and this is happening, that, or that doesn't happen, or that doesn't happen, and they're like, oh, my life's miserable. Wait a minute, are you a Christian? 
Are you saved? Is Jesus really the Lord of your life? How can you have a miserable life and be born again? We say, oh, you don't understand what I'm going through. I know the problem is, is you're wanting everything out here to be really great. And you don't know what is going on on the inside. That you've got resurrection life in you. That you get to make heaven. Glory to God. You get to miss hell. Amen. And if you don't think you don't know too much about heaven, just thank God you're missing hell. Amen. See, Jesus didn't come to give us a bunch of do's and don'ts. John 10, 10 said, the thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and to destroy. But I've come. Jesus has come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. That you might have life. He takes us from life where there is death. There was death all around us. We all experienced this. But Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come unto the Father except through me. It's called life. I never understood that. When I got saved, and I got saved a long time ago. I got saved as a child. Hallelujah. So I got saved as a, as a little boy. And But when I got saved, my life changed. It changed drastically. It did. He said, well, how could it change? It didn't do anything. I know it did. But it changed because I had a revelation of Jesus Christ being my Lord and my Savior. I thought God was picking on me because I couldn't sin like all the other kids. You know? I, I mean, it ruined me for lying. You know? I mean, everybody else could lie. It ruined me for cheating. Everybody else could cheat. I couldn't do it. See, all of you are all convicted because you still can. That's the problem. We got to get you sanctified here. We got to get it. No, he brings life where there is death. Amen. John chapter one, verse four says that in Jesus, in him was life and the life was the light of men. See, when you recognize the life, everything changes because you need to understand Jesus did not perfect the art of dying. He conquered death. He didn't say, this is how great you can die. No, Jesus died a horrific death on the cross. It was terrible. It was so bad. But he conquered death. There's a big difference. There's so many people who want to, want to figure out how to die or how to do it nicely. And they don't know. And they're so afraid to die. We you don't understand how to conquer death. Jesus defeated death. So we don't got to be afraid of it. I mean, we spent a whole year trying not to die because we thought this thing was crazy. Amen. And then almost all of us have had it. And now we realize, gosh, why did we waste a year? No matter how bad it was, no matter how difficult you went through it, you're still here. Okay. We see that. But no, Jesus brought life where there was death. You know, the second thing that the resurrection brings us, it brings righteousness where there's sin. And that's the problem with most folks is that they love sin more than they love righteousness. Amen. We see that. Why is it so important that he brings righteousness where there's sin? Because he takes away the condemnation and the guilt. He says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Because the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. We have no more condemnation, no more guilt. Amen. People get all caught up. They get all this. See, I'm trying to get you to realize that he gives life where there is death. He gives righteousness where there is sin. Hallelujah. There's boldness. There's a confidence. Why? Because it's what the word of God says. You know, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 says, He who knew no sin was made sin for us so that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? It means we have right standing. It means me and the Father God, we can talk and communicate. I can go into the throne room of grace boldly and I can obtain mercy. I can have, get everything that I need because he gave me his righteousness. It's not mine. Mine was filthy rags, but I've exchanged mine for his. 
Amen. I took hold of the word of God. I took hold of what he said. See, because righteousness is how you operate. It's so many, so crazy how many Christians walk around ashamed of who they are. The world wants you to look at yourself and say, oh, look at you. Look at this. Just like I shared about this whole act that's coming through. Do you know freedom of speech is great? Every Freedom of speech in our country is only for those who aren't saved. We as Christians don't have freedom of speech. Go out and preach the gospel. Go out and talk about Jesus Christ. Go into any public building and start sharing about Jesus, which you have a right to do. You're going to get arrested. You're going to get kicked out because you don't have a right for freedom of speech. Don't tell me this. You want to say you do, but you don't because nobody does it. I mean, you want to get a holy huss, man, go into a public place and just say, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> you want to get a holy hush, but guys are doing, you can go into any public building, you'll hear people cussing, cursing, you'll hear people saying all kinds of things, taking the Lord's name in vain, and nobody thinks anything of it. Amen. See, but we've been taught that, oh, I don't want to offend anybody. What's wrong with you? You want to offend everybody. The word of God's an offense to everybody. With the word of God, you don't want to offend them with your actions. You don't want to offend them with your, how ugly are you? You don't want to offend them because you're lying, cheating, and acting like an idiot. But you do want to offend them by speaking truth. You want to offend them. You want to convict them. You want the power of God to touch their lives. You got to speak truth. It's amazing to me. And see, we as Christians, what we've done is we've allowed the world to say, wow, we're going to try to... Listen, you can't become like the world to win the world. They know where they're at. Why do we want to get down in the pig pen? God, we've been delivered out of the pig pen. You've been delivered. You've been set free. It's like, hey, if you want to stay in it, stay in it. But I'm not going to stay in it. See, where there was sin, he gave us righteousness. He changed our lives. And that's one of the biggest problems as Christians, we've allowed the enemy to intimidate us. Because here's the third thing that the resurrection life gives you. It gives goodness for evil. See, y'all are quiet on that. Psalms 23 says, verse 1, it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Verse 6 says, surely goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. When you get resurrection life, goodness and mercy follows you. It just follows you. It just follows. Yeah, we're living in days of evil. We're living in all kinds of ungodliness, all kinds of craziness. Where evil is spoken of good, good spoken of evil. Doesn't matter because goodness and mercy is going to follow you. God, he gives goodness where there's evil. Glory to God. God's desire for this. See, we look at this and we say, but pastor, we live in this. I know we do. See, the problem is, is that we've forgotten who Jesus is. Is Jesus the Lord of Lords? Is he the King of Kings? Did he die for the whole world? See, the earth belongs to the Lord. Amen. You got to know that. See, that's what's so funny. I wish, I just wish, now there's different theologies in this, but when you look at the word of God and you kind of see it and stuff, is that we're going to get taken out, then there's going to be the Ezekiel 38 war. Uh, it's kind of really close there. What the Ezekiel 38 war is where Russia and Turkey and Iran come down and they're going to, they're going to just try to destroy Israel. And they got all of these armies, they got all this stuff, and that's the dumbest thing they could ever do. Because how can you come against God, you know, when you come against God who owns the earth, who owns the sky, who owns owns everything, who can rain out, you know, 
big boulders of fire out of heaven. Hallelujah. Because he did it already and destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, just wiped it out. And he also can make the earth become a chomping thing just like Pac-Man. He can open up and chomp them. I mean, he did it in the Old Testament. These guys were rebellious. They were doing things. All of a sudden, he said, everybody stand over here. He stood over here and he's opened up, swallowed up 25,000 people. Just chomped them, just disappeared. Listen, you, you can't be messing with somebody like that. Because you got no footing. You got no nothing. But they're going to come down and believe it or not, in 24 hours, they're going to be defeated. They're going to be wiped out. Their planes, their, their missiles are all going to blow up in their face, blow up all over, and everybody's going to go, we don't know what's going on, but there's like this force field over Israel and we can't hurt them. It's going to be awesome. You just wish you were there to see it, but we're going to have a better picture. We're going to be up in heaven enjoying fellowshipping with God, having a great time while everybody down here is needing some help. Amen? See, God has told us in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 8, he says, For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of the light, for the light within you produces only what is good, right, and true. See, the goodness of God will follow you. We need to understand that. God's going to make sure that our needs are being met. God's going to make sure that things are taking place. Amen? Hallelujah. See, you need to know resurrection brings life where there's death. It brings righteousness where there's sin. Hallelujah. It brings goodness where there's evil. We have death in this world. We have sin in this world. We got evil in this world. But guess what? We've got life. We've got righteousness. And glory to God, we've got goodness. Amen. We need to take hold of the word of God. Because, and I, I grab this because they look at you and go, well, pastor, you're just trying to make us feel good. No, I'm trying to get you to act like Christians. I'm trying to get you to rise up to say that greater is he that is in you and to understand that the, the world is peripheral to the church. The only reason this world hasn't been destroyed is because of you and I. We're the salt. We're the ones holding this thing together. You see, you, people are coming at you, and I hope, I pray that people don't try to come and come against us. Because they're, they're gonna be, there's going to be a lot of people dying. It's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. And they come and say, well, you're going to have to do this. You're going to have to allow sin in your church. Ain't going to happen. It's going to be like Ananias and Sapphira. People are going to start dropping dead. And they drop dead just because they lied. That's a little thing. Everybody's lying. So praise God, we got grace and mercy right now. Thank God we're under grace. But we're about to come under when there's an attack. God's going to supernaturally do something. So you can't do that. You know? I mean, you've got to be, be, be understanding of this. Because people say, well, what do you do if this happens? You preach the gospel. You stand your ground. See, the cool thing is I've already been there where people have come and tried to lie. People have come and tried to say, well, we're going to make, we're going to take you before me. We're going to bring you in the newspaper. We're going to try to take you down. I said, good, let's go to the newspaper together. Find out who lives and who dies. I've already been written about in books. I've already been, you know, I'm dead. My life is dead and hid in Christ. I've been crucified with Christ. I'm not playing games anymore. It's not time. We got, Jesus is coming. Remember, this all looks foolish. All the guys, that's a bunch of nonsense. These women, they ain't know what they're talking about. <laughs> See, all the guys were there like, oh my God, you're picking on us, Pastor. I said, no, I'm trying to get you to wake up. <laughs> I'm trying to get us to wake up. 
because I'm trying to get us to have life where there's death. Righteousness where there's We've got to have righteousness. We cannot cave into what the world is doing. We've got to raise our standard up. And listen, it's goodness where evil is because it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. It's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. Something we need to understand and know. It's the goodness of God. Hallelujah. Here's the fourth thing real quickly here is that he resurrection life gives joy where there is sorrow man we've got so much sorrow we got so much destruction so many things i mean we live in a cursed world we live in a difficult world we live where death has reigned we live where the the enemy has tried to bombard our life but god will turn around and make joy he'll bring joy he'll give he'll bring joy in the midst of that sorrow he will. You know, I know. I mean, I, I, I'm a testimony that what God can do and turn that around and see God move and manifest in those things. You take hold of the word of God. He brings joy where there is no sorrow. You know, the Bible says in, in, in Romans 14, 17, it says, you know, the kingdom of God is not meat or drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And you stir up that inside. Joy is a force on the inside of you. It's not something that happens out here. Happiness comes when something good happens to you. Joy is a spiritual life. It's a fruit of the spirit. It's a, it's love, joy, peace. Joy is something that you draw out of. And it's a spiritual force that rises up within you and it changes everything around you. It's amazing. It's amazing. Hallelujah. Because God's desire is for us to do that. See, we look around and we're looking around. Listen, you may not see any goodness. You got to be like David said in Psalms 27 and verse 13 and 14. He said, I would have died if I had not believed to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. He said, so what did he do? In verse 14 says, so I waited on the Lord and I just honored him and waited and he strengthened me. We've got to believe to see the goodness. I mean, there's not too much good, especially if you're watching any kind of news. There's no good. Wow, you want to get depressed? Just sit down and watch that. You know, because and, 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 you don't know what to believe, what to do. But the goodness of God will change life. And then joy comes. And it's not a hype. See, that's the thing about everything. Well, you, you'll get over it. You know, when I was a young kid and, and I got all on fire for God, and I was so excited, I was so saved, I was so excited. And the older saint said, ah, yeah, that'll wear off in about a couple years. Or that'll wear off after a little while. And I thought, I don't want it to wear off. But you know, I hung around those dead people for a while and it wore off. I was in that church for the next three years and they sure enough wore it off. You know, and I was like, wow, man, this is awesome. You know, and it took three years for them basically to put the light out. What I see mean put the light out where I started to conform and, and having the same kind of life they had. But glory to God, something took place. But, you know, when I turned 18 and I got filled with the Holy Ghost, that changed my life forever. I got on a rocket ship and I've been on that rocket ship ever since. Hallelujah. For the last 43 years. Hallelujah. I've been blessed and continuing to go and to do and to allow God to be God in my life. And see, that's the thing about it, because, because I got a hold of resurrection life. I told the Lord, I said, Lord, this has got to, you got, this has got to work. This Bible's got to be the Bible. It's got to be what we grab a hold of. See, we as Christians, we got to stand up. It's not, not in arrogancy, but in boldness. It brings boldness to us. It gets us boldness when we know that we're right. See, how do you know that you're right? I, how do I know that Jesus lives? Because he lives in me. Because the life that I have now, glory to God, is full of joy and peace. Hallelujah. Because when you know the truth, you don't care if anybody else is wrong. That's right. 
She said, well, you just think you're a know-it-all. No, when you know the truth, you don't care if somebody comes and they try to tell you and try to, because you've got peace, you've got joy. I always tell people, you're too late. It's too late for me. It's too late to change me. It's too late. The word of God works. It's working. God's blessing, goodness and mercy are following me. Righteousness is in my life. I have a great standing with God. He speaks to me, talks to me. I get to fellowship with him. He's given me life and I love my life. Because I have life, I don't have death. And he's given me joy for all of the sorrow. He's given me joy. Hallelujah, that's amazing. See, the problem is, is that we've allowed the world to try to pressure us down. And see, that's where God may have looked like he's been silent. Oh, but I tell you, it's Saturday, but Sunday's coming. Sunday's coming. It's about to roll away the stone of all the junk that's going on, and you're about to come out, and you're going to come out with a shout. I got news for you. When Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, and he said, Lazarus, come forth, and Lazarus came hopping out of there, because we know he came hopping out, because Jesus told his disciples, you loose them and let them go, so they had to unwrap them. Hallelujah. I guarantee you, he wasn't a little bit happy. He wasn't like, amen, thank you, Jesus. Let's go. He was excited. See, the problem with us is that we look at this and we think, well, that's nonsense, or that's this, or that's that, and that's good for them, and that's good for this. No, if you'll understand what resurrection life does to you. I mean, if you're a doctor and that's your profession and you understand resurrection life, you know you got the great physician with you. That you're just not operating, but he's operating with you. And the great physician is helping you and giving you wisdom. Glory to God. How do you know, if you're understanding this of what's transpiring, whatever profession you're in, you know that he's behind you. You've got the great this. You've got the great. You've got a righteous judge that's with you. You've got this person who's a faithful witness. You've got all of these things that God's, Jesus Christ has given unto us. It's so important to grab a hold of it. But what we do, what we do is we just try to say, well, Jesus, I'm so glad. Come into my heart. Hey, get over in this corner over here, and I got this handled. And then the first time someone said, well, you can't do that. Oh, yeah, okay, I can't do that. (sighs) Amen. And you let the enemy defeat you because you don't know what resurrection life has for you. You don't know that he's giving you life for death. They're saying, you're going to die. He said, no, I can't die. I can't die. I can't. I'm already dead. I died in Christ. The life I live now, I live by faith in the Son of God. Paul said it like this, Galatians 2.20. He said, I've been crucified with Christ. You get crucified, you die. I've been crucified with Christ. He says, nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. See, so if I'm dead and my life is hidden in God, you can't kill me. Yeah, you can kill my flesh, you can kill this body, but that's not me. See, the problem, that's what everybody's caught up in. They're like, oh, because you like this world more than heaven. You haven't heard about how great heaven is. You haven't heard about how great it is to be with Jesus because you just think your flesh needs to be gratified. Hallelujah. But he gave us life for death. He conquered death. Death no longer has that hold on us. And then he gave us righteousness for sin. He said in Romans 6, 14, sin no longer has dominion over you. You don't have to be ugly. You don't have to be, you know, just being mean and nasty. You don't have to be who you've been. You can change your life. 
Amen. If you're born again, if you know Jesus, that changes your life. Amen. And goodness and mercy follows you. It's goodness and mercy. You can't help but thank God how good he is, how wonderful he is, how awesome he is. And then joy. Joy comes. Pure joy. People say, how can you be so joyful with what's going on? Because I've got the King of kings and the Lord of lords as my Savior. He is in me. He's digging. And because I'm a citizen of heaven. And I want to tell everybody, buddy, how great it is. Amen. See, it amazes me, that, and, I, and it's, I've been this way my whole life, though. I have. It's gets a little crazy. I mean, I'm like what James said. Let me wrap this thing up. I got four minutes. Wrap this thing up. James said it like this, and this is out of the New Living Translation. James chapter 1, verse 2, he said, Now, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it. An opportunity for great joy. Somebody says, you're just crazy. You like trouble. No, but I know trouble's going to come. I know that the enemy's going to try to do things. I know that he's going to always, but all I consider, man, glory, I'm going to count it all joy. Knowing that the trying of my faith works patience. And I'm going to let patience have her perfect work. Because when I do, I'm going to be entire, wanting or lacking nothing. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And it goes on to say, if if I lack faith, then I'm going to ask God who gives to me liberally and upbraids not. Hallelujah. But I'm going to ask in faith, nothing waver. I'm going to believe God. I'm going to exercise my faith because of what God's, because why? Because I know I've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of his dear son. I've been translated out of death and now I'm in life. He gives me life in the midst of death. He gives me righteousness in the midst of sin. All the sin and all the judgment. And he gives me goodness for evil. All the evil, all the evil, everything that's going on, glory to God. I get goodness. I get life. I get righteousness. I get goodness. Glory to God. And I get joy. And the world's looking around going, he's just crazy. He done lost his mind. They say, yes, I have. Glory to God, I got the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. I've allowed God's thoughts, God's thing, because that's what resurrection life does. He raised us up together with him. The Bible says, says, Pastor, you're just a little crazy. I know. I know. And I'm getting crazier. That's the problem. <laughs> see, no matter what I do, no matter, I see him. See, because to me, as a minister of the word of God, he is the word of God. He is that to me. And see, as a Christian, he is the son of the living God. He is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. I see him high and lifted up. I see him. He defeated the devil. He took the keys of death and hell. And the devil is the spirit that's operating in everybody in the world. And he said in 1 John 4, 4, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Glory to God. So the spirit that's operating in me is far greater than anything the devil can do with anybody else we've got to rise up and be a voice we've got to rise up and be the church and it's not in a militia way it's not in that it's in rising up spiritually it's rising up and just letting God be, and watch God fight your battles amen. amen one minute let me tell you this story because I've had this you know the, talking about the equality act and all that they want us to do everything and be able to have sin in the church and we can't do that because you bring sin in the church you might as well just shut the door People can come that are sinners because we all are sinners. We've all missed it. They all come in. But if you're just going to allow it and blatantly, you're going to let the word of God not stand until you're in trouble. I inherited a church and I had sin in way up in the hierarchy of it. 
people that were leading groups and leading things. And they came in, who happened to be the head of the whole association. And I'm being very careful on that because we're on TV. So the thing about it is, is that, and he came in and said, hey, listen, I am the head person and I'm going to take you and I'm going to take you down and we're going to stop you and I'm going to go to the papers. And I looked at him and I said, listen, you don't want to do that. I said, you don't want to do that. He said, oh, yeah, I do. I said, no, you don't. Because I said, God fights my battles. I said, you need to understand that I'm not afraid. I'll go with you. Let's go. We'll do this. But you understand, I'm going to live and you're going to die. He just stepped back. He said, I mean, he's a young guy. He looked at me and I said, yeah, you got to understand. Because, see, I don't mess around. You're touching the anointing of God. You're touching the power. You're touching the plan of God. I know who my God is. And I know what God can do. And you're not going to stop me. And so you need to understand, you need to realize that you're not coming against me, you're coming against God. God knows where you live, God knows where you sleep, you can't hide from him. See, because I pastored in the 80s with the Crips and the Bloods, I pastored in the inner city, and we'd have the Crips and the Bloods all come on in, they'd be sitting here, you know, you got the red and the blue, and they're going to kill each other. But when they come into my house, my church, that's a sanctuary, you take your hat off, take your colors off, and you sit here. And they all did. You say, well, who do you think you are? I know who I am. I'm a child of God. I know what God has given me and the authority of where I'm at and what takes place in it. You've got to grab a hold. You can't be afraid. And again, what, so what happened with the guy? Oh, he left. Because, see, we haven't given the fear of God into view. He left. I never heard from him. Never got a, we just went on and had church for the next 13 years. It was all great. Never heard anything from him. You say, well, that was just because, you know, I know it's because when you put the fear of God in people, it changes things. This so, well, what if I come in and I'm going to put a gun to your head? You'll be about the third or fourth one that's done that. If you come around me and you've had, I see, I, listen, pastoring in the inner city, this is a piece of cake. Let's do this. Come on, folks. We got to stop and it's not that we're trying to be vigilante. That's not what I'm trying to get across to you. What I'm trying to get across to you is that we need to realize we're the ones in charge. We're the church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. The church is who's in charge, and that's us. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for these amazing folks. Thank you for all those that are watching, but thank you for all these that are here. Oh, Father, I, I, you know, I get excited, and I just... Come at them, Lord, and I, I just trust that what's been said will be a benefit and a blessing. To them. I love them all. But my heart is, is that we need to rise up and be one voice, and we need to be a voice de- declaring what God is saying in our hearts. Fathers, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. If, if there is anybody here, they see the whole thing is about receiving Jesus, getting people born again and bringing back the king. We want to bring back the king. But we need to stand up and fight for the gospel to go forth. To share. It's the love of God. It's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. So it's just telling how great God is in our lives. But Father, if there's anybody here that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, Father, they may know about him, they may know of him, they may actually even believe in him, but they've never made Jesus the Lord of their life. Or there may be those that are here that need to come back to God. They need to know they, that God's not mad at them. You may have missed it. You may have done what they said you did, but you're not who they say you are. You can repent. You can come back to God. God will forgive you. God will wash you, cleanse you. He'll bring you back into life. And if you're here and you want Jesus to be the Lord of your life, you know, raise your hand real high. Or you want to come back to God? Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's, let's get this. Don't leave this place just doing your own thing. 
Hallelujah. Glory to God. Or watching. If you're watching this, God, we love you and we care for you. You know how it tells you how to do that. We'll pray with you. Father, you gave me a message today for really for the body of Christ. So I'm not surprised that everybody here knows you or everybody here believes that they know you and believes that they're born again. They're going to make heaven. So I'm going to believe that. But Father, I gave a message to the body of Christ. And Lord, you've you've called us into the kingdom for such a time as this. And Father, I hope that they understand I'm not bragging on me. That's not what, but I want to lead them in a direction. I want to show them what needs to happen because of the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because we need to see a revival. We need to see, well, we need to rise up and speak truth. We don't need to walk in fear. Lord, thank you for these amazing, amazing folks that are here and those that are watching. Lord, my heart's cry is that they know how much you love them. That Jesus, how much it was for you to die on that cross for them. Father, thank you that the resurrection brought to us life where there was death. It brought to us, hallelujah, glory to God, righteousness where there is sin. And Father, it brought goodness where there is evil. And it brought joy where there is sorrow. So touching the lives of each person, Father, let the power of God be there. Lord, as they go to their families, as they go to their wonderful Easter celebrations, Lord, my heart is, is that let this message just ring loud and clear on the inside and let it go forth with power. Father, I, I just thank you for that and I thank you, Father, for it. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen and amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Harvest Bible Church in Stockton, California. If you live in the area, we would love to have you join us at one of our services on Sundays and Wednesdays. You can check us out at harvestbibleonline.org for location and times. We hope to see you soon.